Ryan, uh, we are about to start recording episode 35. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm good to go. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. What are you doing? <laughs> you said Ryan, is he here? No, I. This, it's an audio thing for him. Yeah, okay. Maybe you had him on Skype or something. Like, no, 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 no. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan, so for real, 35 is about to start. Um, you're ready, Scott? Yes. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows if your DM smiles, it's already too late. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Uh, Peter is still out on baby leave, so until he returns from his maternity leave, if you will, um, I am being joined uh, by my brother, Scott. He came in to sit in for another episode like he did, uh, what, you were here what, maybe a month or few, so few ago? A few weeks ago. few weeks, maybe weeks a month. What's up, everybody? I'm here again. Um, Happy so to be here. Say hello to the listeners. Um, so, uh, like I said, when Peter returns, we're going to be discussing our uh, top favorite movies from 2018, uh, since we're getting close to that. And uh, on a business side of things, it is Comic-Con week, or C2E2 is this weekend. Uh, the date is, uh, what's today? The 19th? Yes. March 19th. So yeah, today's March 19th. Comic C2E2 is this weekend. We will be there wandering the floor. If you are there and you see us, feel free to say hi. We will be wearing shirts with the Top 5 Report logo. Um, and we're going to be checking out panels and we'll report back because if you can't go, we won't leave you behind. We'll tell you all, all the things we see. So if you couldn't afford tickets to C2E2, uh, all you need to do is create your own podcast and then you <laughs> apply for press passes, and apparently uh, that works because Andy and Peter are going um, with press passes. What I will, what I will say is this: is that is way more expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Than okay. just going to Comic Con. Um, uh, yes, there's a lot more money involved in starting a podcast than you think there is. Um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, Scott, since we haven't talked to you in a while, let's hit the uh, watching slash reading category. Are we watching anything? Are we reading anything? I have so much stuff that I've watched and finished. It's amazing. Like the last month since I was here last time, there's so many either shows or movies that I've either finished <clears throat> or been able to get to the theater to see. Saw Captain Marvel. I don't think you've had a chance to talk with anybody yet um, about Captain So how Marvel. about this? Last Last week... Uh, and you haven't listened to it yet because the episode hasn't dropped. Oh. But I did the entire episode on my own. Oh, okay. So if you've so when, you, when you do get to listen to it, it'll be interesting because I was a little bit more low key. It was a little bit more like just talking to the audience. It was kind of like fireside chats with Drew. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. But I gave a very spoiler heavy heavy review, and I talked a lot about some things. Okay. So uh, since you saw Captain Marvel, and I said that the next week we'd be talking more because you'd be on. Um, do you want to give me some thoughts on Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was excellent. Uh, so, I, I it was one of those movies where, no, I did not see the trailer because I never see the trailers, but there was some um, screenshots you couldn't avoid, and oh, include, yeah. including like the scrolls on the beach. Yeah, or and, her on the train. Uh, no, I didn't see her yeah, on the her. train. Oh, it was the, the, the shot that I kept seeing over and over and over again because like TV spots and stuff was the kneeling down, shooting the lasers across the top of the train. It was just her kneeling down on the train, shooting her fire blast or whatever, you, however you want to call it. So, Photon blast. Yeah, that, that I kept seeing over and over. And I was like, well, you know, like you said, they're. So, you can't avoid. So first, I should preface that as a as a Marvel Comics fan, and I think I said this last time, but as a Marvel Comics fan, most of my fandom exists in Spider Man comics and in X Men comics. So this is a realm of Marvel comics that I've never really explored, 
uh, just like Guardians of the Galaxy, as I mentioned before, I hadn't explored. So um, I always knew of what Secret Invasion was. I knew what Skrulls were because of Secret Invasion, but I just always assumed, okay, they're they're just bad guys, and I didn't think that they would be layered. You know, oh, and sure. this movie uh, definitely layers them. You know, they show that 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 they're not just bad guys, um, or they're not all bad guys, or maybe at this moment in time they're not bad guys. Um, I still think that the jury's out as to whether or not there will be a secret invasion movie farther in the future for the MCU. I, I really, think it's a pretty convenient place for them to go now that they've introduced Skrulls. I really feel like there was a secret invasion as the like the comic story was very it was very convoluted and it got very well. Complicated. It was across a lot of different books, right. and you because know? it got so complicated. I felt like this was their way of, like, on a one-movie shot... Oh, if they never do it again. If we never touch it again, we have touched on it. And you got your taste. And, they did and a good we job. will leave it at that. You know yeah. what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, but, but it definitely, like, I going into it, assumed that they were going to be the bad guys. Um, it had heard rumors, because I couldn't avoid rumors, unfortunately, but rumors that Jude Law's character was going to be Marvell. Couldn't avoid that, but then... But then, within he, the first, he's not Marvell. Within the first... <laughs> Two minutes of the movie, maybe first five minutes of the movie, um, you have you have the introduction of the Cree uh, um, combat, the the Cree uh, squad, like they're like a SWAT team squad or, or a reconnaissance squad, and um, Veers is a member of that squad, and then Jude Law's character is on there, and then the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, and I saw him, and I was like, whoa. That's right. Okay, so he's a bad guy. So he's either not a bad guy yet, <laughs> right? Or he. And this also takes place in 1995, yeah. not 2008 or whenever. Right. So he, he might so not be a bad guy yet. yet. Right. He might be a bad guy infiltrating this team. What I did not expect was that that whole team was going to be the bad guys. You know, right. they they turned that on their head on on its head. I thought that was awesome. The twists in this movie were great. Um, didn't see him coming. And, uh, yeah, I, I just had a really good, it was well, a really good ride. I know you're an anti-trailer guy, so the trailers, if you, as long as you didn't watch TV spots, the trailers for this movie were also just, they they didn't, I mean, they showed you, like, a cool shot of her shooting her photon blast, and that was about, you know, they didn't show they didn't you show anything beyond. They didn't show you what beyond, she was shooting. They didn't show you anything beyond that. You didn't, like, Marvel's, since Thor Ragnarok, I think they've gotten smarter with their marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also, so, I also thought, um, and not to go too, in too in depth because you did a whole show on it, but I also thought the Flurrican was awesome, which is the cat with the tentacles that come oh, out yeah, of his yeah. mouth. Uh, yeah. That was probably I don't know if Goose. Captain Marvel was my favorite. Oh yeah, named after the named after. second greatest uh, fighter pilot in all of uh, yeah. the Navy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or the wingman to, or the uh, the co-pilot to the greatest fighter fighter pilot. I love I love that. Um, but yeah, he was probably my my favorite part of the film. If Captain Marvel wasn't my favorite part of the film, right? Well, so. I didn't get a chance to talk to you directly. Looks just like the Men in Black cat, though. This is Orion. Since you and I didn't get a chance to talk prior to the show, and mm-hmm. you will listen to next week's episode, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the the episode where I was kind of on my own. Uh, so I'm going to repeat this, so my listeners are going to hear me say it again. But did you notice the, uh, in my opinion, the glaring continuity error? So I thought there was some continuity errors as soon as I started watching it because of the Tesseract. Okay. And so, but then I did afterwards, <laughs> I did a little Google search. And there's actually a guy in there uh, on Google who had a rant about it. And he, he went and did some research. And it actually matches up the timeline where the Tesseract is and where it should be. Well, I'm not talking about the Tesseract. So... If you didn't notice, other it's okay. continuity errors might have to do with um, 
with Nick Fury? Uh, well, something that Nick Fury and Coulson talk about. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just tell you what it is. They refer to S.H.I.E.L.D. as S.H.I.E.L.D. Too early. Too early. Mm-hmm. Like, a decade early. Like, mm-hmm. in 2008, it's still the security homeland, blah, 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 Because there's whatever. the line that Colson has that he, he says they're still, says they're working, still working on, on the, the name. name. Right. right. Um, and then last, uh, last week, I talked about... Um, I talked about how there's a chance that they did that in this movie because of the possibility that this is someone's first and they don't know, like, this is someone's first Marvel film. In the comic book's code line, you always want to remind people where characters came from. Yeah. That's why you're constantly being reminded about Batman's parents' death Mm -hmm. or why Spider-Man got bit by the spider or whatever. It's it's that comic's code where any comic book you pick up is is essentially someone's first. first comic. So if you know about S.H.I.E.L.D. because of the television show or you've heard people talk about it in conversation at parties or something and then you go and watch a Marvel movie, you need to have S.H.I.E.L.D. representation for these, you know. So I think it's forgivable because at this point... It is forgivable, but it made me make a face at the screen. I went, "Eh." and then I went, and it (laughs) pulled me out for just the briefest As far as continuity goes, Avengers, not Avengers, but Marvel in general, they're they're past the 20 movie mark. They are going into territory that is inconceivable. um, And so for them to have a small continuity error like that, I think you just have to roll with it at this no, point. No, I know. Like you know? I said, it, I, I made a face at the screen, and it took me out for the briefest moment, and then I was back in yeah. the movie. And <laughs> You have to allow them that freedom to, to tweak yeah. things just hey. that little bit. If it was a huge thing, like the Tesseract was really bugging me because I'm like, wait a minute. We first see the Tesseract in Captain America, the first Avenger, and I really need to understand this timeline because I know that Odin had it at one point, and I know that it was on um, it gets, Asgard it at gets one bounced point. Around a lot. It gets bounced around a lot. Yeah. Um, which also is interesting. Uh, in the movie, basically, she gets her power from the space gem. Yeah. That the Tesseract is the space gem, and now yeah. it's on... Um, Thanos' gauntlet, and that's where she got her power from. Um, so one, can I do it? Can I speculate? You speculate having, away. Having seen no hey, Avengers uh, Endgame trailers. As I've said in past episodes, today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers. Yeah, so speculate away. So spoiler alert, I, I, I think I'm onto something here. Um, Potential spoiler alert. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah, speculation alert. I'm onto Go something, ahead. though. So <laughs> a lot of people are talking about Captain Marvel being the new most powerful Avenger. Right. And Captain Marvel has a friendship with Nick Fury because we, we just watched this in this movie. She's grown, become friends with him. But she's gone on her own mission, right? Mm-hmm. She left Earth on that mission to, you know, find a place for these scrolls and God knows whatever else in the last 25 years. Okay? So uh, uh, Fury finally turns on his pager. It calls her. Takes her a little while to get back. Uh, and you see the after credit scene. Mm-hmm. Did you talk about the after credit scene? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so the after credit scene, she shows up at the end of that after credit scene, and she says, where's Fury? And that's all you see. So she doesn't know the Avengers. She's not going to trust the Avengers. Right. But she's going to find out from them what happened to Nick Fury. Right. I don't think she just joins the team. Oh, that's interesting. She, well, she herself is quite possibly the most powerful so, being she has encountered is herself. This is So she's going to have a little bit of hubris. And I think she's going to say, somebody did this, I'm going to go take that person out. Or I'm going to go confront that person. I think she's going to go rush off at light speed, which she can do without blinking her eye. Yeah, yeah. And she's going to go to Thanos. And I think she's going to lose. 
I think so, that's I think the way that Endgame starts is the way that Infinity War starts. The Hulk got his butt kicked by Thanos. I think oh. that Endgame starts with Captain Marvel getting her butt kicked by Thanos. That's interesting. And then I now, think she'll come back to now, the team. Since we're in potential spoiler territory. Right. There's a rumor, and this like I said, this is a rumor, this is not a confirmed thing. So with what you just said, it, that sound I, I that sounds cool, and I totally am into that idea. Uh, what troubles me about that is this rumor that I had read about Endgame takes place five years post Infinity War. So well, when how long did it take for her to get back from the page? Well, there's that argument, right. but because we don't know. But because Cap's still got his beard. I, true, but, his what hair I, but what I'm curious about <laughs> is if it did take place five years after. Infinity Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That means we've had time to deal with some of the loss of the half the emotionally uh, the, uh, emotionally deal with the loss. So if she shows up right then and there, awesome. Your theory stands. But if she shows, if she's already there when the movie starts, that's what I don't know. Yeah. You know. So I, if she shows up because we because we had a bonus scene, she could already be there at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. If five if five years goes by, well, first of all, the rumor might be false. No, very true. But I think it's more interesting if it's not. If that's true, I think it's interesting to, to be like, okay, well, there is a lot of time in there that you could have movies or you yeah. could have stories told. Um, but regardless, if she showed up right away and found out Fury was killed and, sh- and they knew who was responsible and she herself has the ability to get there, she would go. Yeah. The, based on the character that I just watched the movie of, now 20 years has passed, so maybe she's like, okay, we need to strategize and we need to become a team. I don't see that, though, from what I just saw. The movie that I just yeah. saw, I, I'm like, she's going to go, you know, because she's the most powerful thing. She just destroys Kree ships by flying through them, you know, so. Which also, as soon as the very first Kree ship we saw, um, when they were like three Kree ships were entering the atmosphere, I think of Earth. Or it was yeah, a, I think the it, other planet. No, it was the other planet. And I was like, that one middle ship looks it's just so like Ronan's. <laughs> except for Ronan's was all stripey and stuff. But And then I had to re- be reminded by the end of the movie that, oh yeah, Ronan was a Ronan a Kree. was a Kree, yeah. 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 So. Um, well, um, wow, we talked longer Too than... long about no, that. No, it's all right. We talked longer <laughs> than I thought we were going to. Um, uh, did you watch anything else? Quick reviews? I watched Umbrella Academy, and you guys have talked okay, about it. Okay, I am one up. Ep- I have one episode to the end of the show. Oh my gosh, it's I good. just have the finale. I was going to bring that up, that I've been continuing to watch Umbrella Academy. I am loving this show. All um, right. I think I can say something without giving any spoilers. Oh. Okay, and it's not <laughs> a... It, it, it's merely a speculation of what they could do for the next season if they can make a next season. Oh, that's interesting. I think the way that it ended, I think they would have to completely recast. Oh, that's interesting. For I feel like that's a massive spoiler. Well, but, maybe, maybe not. They might not have okay. to. Uh, it just depends on... I guess it depends <laughs> on where in the timeline they decide to make the, the next uh, season. Because time travel is in this show. You, that's not a spoiler for you. You know time travel yeah. is a big part of the show. Five um, is my favorite character on the show, by the way. The time traveling, um, yeah. seventy year old, ten year old. Yeah, five, five, <laughs> five is my favorite. And you know character. what's funny? He was my favorite character too. I, I think at first number one was my favorite for a little while, but you're one episode away. One episode at the end, yeah. Okay, so by the time you get to where you are, I completely changed my mind about about number one. I was like, oh. that's pretty messed up what you just did, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just it, the five like. 
when you were learning all the characters and it's like I don't you know I mean I know like Luther's character I know from his him as an actor I know him from another show mm-hmm. and I was like oh I really like this actor you know what I mean like that kind of went through my head and I'm just kind of watching this first few episodes like yeah okay but five like from the get-go I'm like this guy's he's awesome. awesome yeah he's so. awesome and he's hilarious too because he's like I'm 70 years old he's also I don't really have... he's also really brazen it's like he doesn't care it's about, because like, you know, it's totally like... because he's a 70 year old you know right. I mean really he looks like he's 10 but he's a 70 year old he's like I don't have time for your BS we've got to go do this and you're off being like an, right yeah being a, a, a you know, dramatic 20-something year old, let's get our job done, but he's 10, so nobody takes him seriously, but it's like, it's funny, because he's the person who's not supposed to be taking them seriously, and he's not, but nobody takes him seriously, because he's 10. Yeah, I know, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible, right? I like so, that. Did you start watching it, because we were talking about it on the show? I or? was watching it before you guys were talking about oh, okay. it, and I was so excited to hear you guys start talking about it, but right. I was ahead of you, well, and I was like, get there, get there! We're in this p- weird pocket of not knowing new stuff on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I really I really don't know and it's like if I they're going to do I more with this show. Well, it's just I don't know things on Netflix anymore. Yeah. Someone goes, hey, I'm checking out this new show. Oh, okay, something else I have to remember to look at because there's so much other stuff going. Like, there's so many things. In that golden age of television, we're almost at a point where there's too much to, to consume. consume. Yeah, yeah, there is too much to consume. So, and with Netflix getting so many things pulled from them, I don't know, you know, it's weird. Well, if, if you have a child... <laughs> Or children, there's way too much to consume because you what? can't consume any of this stuff while the kid's awake. I feel like I watched something else. No, maybe not. Also, I was just trying to keep up with Umbrella Academy. So I've, I've, I've finished And watching, I've been keeping up with my DR, DVR, so... <laughs> I, finished, I finished watching um, Last Kingdom, which I recommended you you to watch. I don't know if you've watched it or if you even know what I'm talking about. Oh, um, you did? I haven't, a, I haven't watched it's it. It's uh, uh, old, old, old medieval England... Uh, defending itself or or working its way through the fact that it's also um, yeah occupied you, by the Danes yeah you mentioned and that. Vikings and whatnot and stuff it's a very cool show and I finished it and I don't know where they'll go I heard that they approved a new season for it but I have no idea where they're going with it it had a perfect ending and right. every single plot line was wrapped up so well so yeah that's it so moving on no, that's all right did you watch anything else nope I feel like there was something else but now I'm kind of drawing a blank on what it was but it's all right because I'll probably remember for next episode and I'll talk about it then. Uh, well, let's talk about some news. I wish you had finished Umbrella Academy because of I'm, Like I said, I'm wa- I That's wanted okay. to finish it last night, but circumstances caused me to not. Gotcha. Uh, so I ended up watching two episodes of uh, Shameless because I'm still working through that. Um, if you want a very real show to watch that's funny and like... The show is, it takes place outside Chicago, mm-hmm. modern day. It's very hyper real. Like it's super real. But at the same time, it's funny and like you, <laughs> like you can kind of like you see yourself in like everybody's shoes and you understand and you can. You I know, think it, that the the impression I have from that show now, granted, I have seen none of it, but the impression I've got from people who who like that show is it, it's a bit of a dark comedy. It's a dark, yeah, it's definitely which dark. I love dark comedy. My wife doesn't really like dark comedy. Okay. So if I watch well, it, it's going to be very slow paced on my own time. All right. Well, so. if you watch it, I do recommend it. Okay. Um, in terms of recommendations, because um, I told you to watch Sword Art Online. Yes. Um, the third season is airing on Cartoon Network right now. But there's something on Netflix right now. It's a it's a side. The one season. on Netflix. Yeah, is it's, a side like, it's like a, it's like a spinoff that. season, which I haven't watched yet because I'm trying to clear some stuff on my DVR, and then I'm going to watch that because I, I actually third, have had the, some conversations. The with third some season is stacking up on my DVR, so I want to watch the one on Netflix and then watch the. third So season. does the one on Netflix come before the third season, or it's just? 
that the one the one that, really that new one on Netflix, the one that just popped up on Netflix, that Sword Art Gun Gale online mm-hmm. thing, that's kind of its side like spin-off show. That exists probably in the Gun Gale universe. Yeah, it exists in the Gun Gale universe. But, in that gun but I guess it's still connected. So I'm thinking, in terms of continuity, you watch that first, and then you watch this one. So I just wanted to say, which was their best watched. villain? The guy from the Gun Gale uh, part of the show was the best villain, Death Gun. Yeah, yeah. So far, I don't know. I just really liked that show. So I've had anyway. some conversations with people at work about it, and I found out one of my coworkers is a big anime file, and she she said what what you would imagine anybody would say. Oh my gosh, the first season's so great. But once you get to Fairyland, you might as well turn it off. And I was like, well, no, because there's mm-hmm. actually no, a lot no, of really good stuff. But I understand why she would say that, because it does get weird. But in my mind, anime is always weird. <laughs> so yes, so well, when it gets weird, I'm always really super forgiving and just like, okay, well, let's watch and see where this goes. But the fairy stuff is actually really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. The it whole really thing is. the whole thing is really cool. And then but it, it it continues to have weirdness applied to it right. every season and every season is different in that show. Uh, but weirdness continues to be applied and I can understand why it, you know, rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. But yeah. Well, let's talk about some news. Okay. Cuz we're already in the watching cat like we've talked oh, about. Oh, yes. Holy cow. So we're going to talk I just about looked at the whiteboard and I'm excited to it's talk okay. about It's okay. We're going to bounce around and we're not going to do that in order. <laughs> <laughs> because this, because that, so Scott is looking at the uh, whiteboard I have in front of me and I write these stories down as they hit the news, as I see them. And I go, boom, important, important, important. But that falls into a, um, a story down here at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So we will talk about those together. I'm going to start, but I don't okay. want to start. Makes sense. That. Makes sense. So uh, first I want to talk about uh, the Halo TV series on Showtime. Did you know that this was happening? No. Okay. So they've been, Showtime Steven now, Spielberg is an executive producer because sometimes he doesn't direct things. He executive produces things. Yeah. And he had his hands on the license. For he had his hands on the license ago. for a very long time. Yeah. And he's been trying to get the Halo television series off the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, Showtime has officially picked it up, greenlit the project, ready to go. Mm. Um, they announced that Stephen Kane is now the officially the new showrunner for the show. A showrunner for a television show, you have a director come in and they direct an episode and then you have another director come in and act episode episode two while the first director's doing the third episode. Yep. They kind of share, directors bounce around. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, you have guest directors. and Right, whatnot. exactly. Yep. But you have a thing called a showrunner, which is kind of like your overall director of the entire project. Mm-hmm. The overseer of the right. So this guy, Stephen Kane, came in. Um, he's what else has he done? Well, he was the showrunner on a show called The Closer, which was a courtroom drama. Okay. Which... I don't know how that. I don't know if that uh, incorporates to Halo at all. Well, maybe not action, but, but acting in terms of acting and yeah. like some of the stuff I, drama. Because Doctor Halsey could be in the in the show. Like, because you can have the best action in the world, but if you don't have good story and compelling right. characters and identifiable characters, right. so even it's though it was, be... even though it was a courtroom drama, which isn't sometimes always the best in terms of acting performance. No, I'm but, happy with that. But he understands how to do this stuff. Yeah. He also show ran. He was also the showrunner for a show on TNT called The Last Ship. Okay. If you know about it, it was kind of like a thing where uh, the apocalypse has happened. It was like a virus like hit the hit the planet and started wiping out the population. Not like a zombie virus, but an actual like virus yeah, yeah, yeah. was killed like a plague. And there was a military crew that was on a battleship and 
they're considered the last. I known, saw the whatever. pilot for this show, but I never kept going. I watched the first like it season. Awesome. Um, it was really really cool. What made me stop watching the show is TNT has a commercial every like three minutes. Oh yeah. And I wanted to like shoot TNT for the amount of commercials. <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't handle watching the show because of the sheer number of commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. So I watched the first season. It was awesome, but I never continued because of that. Gotcha. So TNT, stop it. <laughs> um, anyway, I just thought it was awesome. Halo television series has been in the works for a while. They have a show. They have a new showrunner. Let's get this thing off the ground, yeah, and it's going to awesome. be on, on Showtime, which allows nudity, language, violence, like all the things we all the want things that Halo it. needs, all the things that Halo needs to get the mature <laughs> rating, just as the video games. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, probably violence. Um, yeah, yeah, probably violence. Um, all right, so moving on. Next story: um, Ezra Miller, who played the Flash in the Justice League. Yeah is teaming up with Grant Morrison, comic book writer Grant Morrison, to write the script for the Flash film. Okay, so he's probably the frontrunner to be the Flash. Yes. Ezra Miller is still, is still, is still the Flash, contracted to be the but Flash. But he is going to write the script for the Flash with comic book writer Grant Morrison. I like it. I like that too. Now, Grant Morrison, if you don't know his works by name, if you don't, or any of my listeners don't know his works by name, he is known, he's probably known best for... His run of the Justice League in the 90s. Okay. Post Superman's death and return. Okay. Like, he is responsible for the Rock of Ages storyline. He's responsible for, like, just about everything that happened with the Justice League and the New Gods and Darkseid okay. and, like, all this stuff going on. Um, Grant Morrison, uh, he wrote the Arkham... Did he? Yeah, he wrote um, the Arkham Asylum graphic novel. Um, he's got some really great stuff, and he's currently writing Green Lantern, like, as an ongoing book. Grant Morrison, to me, is he's, he's a phenomenal writer, but he's one of those writers that I've always had to reread his work to fully understand what I read. Oh, okay. It's almost like I finish his book and I go, God, that was good. And I go back to the front cover and I go, I have to read that again because I don't know if I fully understood if it. If you got everything. Which, honestly, is really cool because if he does that to a movie, it's going to make me go, man, I got to re- watch it Rewatchability. Again. And you hit rewatchability. Right, right, exactly. So, like, right. maybe I didn't... Because he's one of those writers that layers stuff so, so well. Other than acting, why would Ezra Miller be involved in scripting? I don't know. Okay. There's a report that he's doing it to make sure he stays on as the lead role. Oh, well, like with all the, with DC making these he stayed, announcements him staying about involved changes in it, cast him connected to it, yeah, or it, it and maybe that fulfills be. a, uh, or hey, he's been contract. he's been reading up on his character and went, oh hey, wait, this is some cool stuff we should do in the movie, and he's talking better to Warner Brothers saying we need it, right, okay, exactly, because cool. there's been some there's been some executive changes at the. DC side of things to make sure he didn't do a bad job. He did a good job as as Flash in Justice League. And my favorite scene in Justice League is still the moment when Superman wakes up. They're all confronting him because he is he doesn't know what's going on. Are but you talking about the Flash trying to run around. Superman yes, scene? that's my favorite. <laughs> when Superman can watch him because Superman's that fast, but the Flash has never seen anybody be that fast other than him, and it freaks him out. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All he had to do was move his eyes his way, and the Flash is like, "What?" Yeah, that was it, that was great. That was amazing. the best scene in that movie. It was amazing. So, um, and then on DC news, uh, Shazam. Has not hit theaters yet, but the director and producer of the film have already said we're ready for a sequel. They just need to Let's be greenlit. Do it. Hopefully, they well, get no, enough they've, money. they've probably already been greenlit, but they are. But they have already said we are up. We are doing it. Well, I'm or, just, you know, I'm like, just saying what what's probably going to happen because this is what all the studios do. 
if the movie the movie goes out and makes enough money in the first few weekends, then it can get greenlit for a sequel. So these guys have probably said we're ready, and they're probably waiting for Warner Brothers right. to say stamp of approval, good job. Isn't that probably that the case? I do know that nowadays, because of these lengthy franchises, and most movies are now trilogies, unless you're doing like a focus films indie thing yeah. or something. These actors are contracted for a minimum of three from the initial signing of the contract. Yes, but the studio always has the right to scrap. Correct. So if if the movie Correct. flops, which I don't think it will, I and I'm excited to see it. I don't think it's going to flop. Um, but if it did, Warner Brothers could say, okay, we're not going to do another one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, we're moments away from that, too. That's yeah. I'm, gonna I'm very weeks. excited about that. So, um, okay, so we're going to jump on to... Uh, some Marvel side of things real quick. Uh, before I talk about the one you're the most excited about, we're going to save that for the end because I think that's big news. Um, Kevin Feige. Uh, is this a tweet? Pro- producer extraordinaire. No, this is from an interview. Oh. Kevin Feige, producer extraordinaire, who is in charge of the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has said that no Marvel character is unkillable. Which is the best thing for him to say, I think. And, and, and quote, even the ones that seem immortal. Okay, I I still think that's the best thing it's, for him right, to say. Right. I agree. You need the stakes to be high, and yes. there's nothing that makes the stakes higher. Uh, okay, uh, fans of Game of Thrones understand this better than anyone. There's nothing that makes the stakes higher than when your favorite character dies, and then another character has to face a similar threat. Right. You know, there's there's and if you have people always surviving. Like, if they go into Endgame, and everyone so, gets revived from the snap, and everyone who was killed outside of the snap is survives as well, A, that's what we all want, but B, there's no stakes. That's not, yeah, there's no right. stakes. Now, prior to Infinity War... Although, him saying no one is unkillable is not that big a deal either, because <laughs> I in know. the comic book world... Everyone is killable, they but everyone is revivable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is an interesting way of putting it. Even right. when he says, even the ones that seem immortal. It's almost like he said nothing at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because it's a right. comic book. Well, what I was going to say, though, is that prior to Infinity War, I was getting to a point with these Marvel films that I was getting... There, there was a very small part of me that was getting bored because there were no stakes. Yeah. Like every character would go in. Here's your hero. He fights the problem. He, he wins. You know, he wins. Yay! We move on to the next story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was starting to get this. Okay, here's another Marvel film. And there were movies that I was coming out of. Unfortunately, Black Panther being one of them, where I walked out going, "It's another Marvel movie." Yeah. Do you I, know what I mean? Like, I do. Halfway through Black Panther, you feel like the stakes are very high. At the end of Black Panther, looking back, you think they weren't that high, but only because you can say, "Well, of course he was going to win." Because in every other movie, <laughs> right. all the other Marvel characters right. have won. Right. So unfortunately, I had I had to I had to deal with that side of myself going crap. There's a bigger picture here, but it took 22 films to get there, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, with that being said, he also said that this is what I thought was interesting because we refer to Iron Man one to Avengers one as Phase one. Right. Okay, um, Iron Man 3 to Avengers Age of Ultron is phase 2. They have the phases, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But he said in the same interview, this 22-film cycle, this first wave of Marvel films, is directly considered the Infinity Saga. Awesome. End of quote. Okay, I added the awesome, but end of quote. Because that says to me... 
there's another story coming. Mm-hmm. So Endgame is literally the end of the first wave of movies, and we're about to go into new territory, whatever that may be, and I'm hoping it's Secret Wars because we're getting X-Men. Well, let's talk about that quote for a second because there's a lot of different things that can mean. A, you're right. It means there's another story coming and another saga, hopefully, if it's successful, like the first saga. Well, they're not going to stop right now. Well, well, hang on, though, because this is what's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but actors can't do this forever. No, I know. And these, these characters that we're watching can't survive forever. So reboots are potentially going to happen. Recasting is potentially going to happen. Or just moving on with other characters is going to happen. So this, this new saga could be a, okay, we wrapped this one up, sign, seal it, package it, let's start fresh and do a whole nother saga. Let's do it as good or better as, than we did the time before. But let's not um, handcuff ourselves to what's over here. They right. could do that, right? And a lot of movie studios would say you're smart to do that because you're you're you paint yourself into a corner in certain in certain ways. Yeah, I don't want them to do that because I I love all those casts well, and I think love about, all those characters that they portray. Okay, but Batman Batman is a character that has become like this. But I was going to bring up James Bond. Oh, James Bond is the perfect example because James Bond has. So many people have played the character of James Bond. And it's gotten to the point where you accept the fact that a new person plays right. him and you have right, to right. see either either a reboot of it or just an episode. Now, aside you know, from like, the internet getting shitty about a recasting of Batman, Batman has become a character like James Bond. Mm-hmm. So many actors have played the character. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting about different actors... Uh, Spider-Man has Spider-Man been like that has to been, an Spider-Man's Man's getting there. Yep. Um, the, most Fantastic of the Marvel... Four are getting there. <laughs> Kinda. Most of the Marvel characters have not gotten there. Right. But what I can tell you, is, what I think is interesting, is that they, um, if you read comic books, different comic artists have different looks of their art. Yep. So if you change an actor in a comic book film, and I am not trying, and I, when I say this, I am not trying to like defend the choice of changing an actor, but... Well, it, I am. At the same time, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. But I'm realistic about it. But realistically, if you read comic books and you read like you read like six issues and it's on with one artist, but the story continues and they have another artist well, come in, changing the art style is going to change the look of everything. And, and if you have one actor playing a character to a point and then suddenly they continue the story but they change the actor, it's almost like the artist changed. Well, the artist, Do you know what I mean? the artist influences the story. Right. I mean, the writer is kind of more in control of the story, but the artist influences, especially if you talk about the way the Marvel method and the way that Stan Lee used to do things, he would have artists draw a picture and then he would be inspired by that picture to have what the word bubbles are. And he would also be inspired by that picture to say, I think the next scene might include this, but the artist gets to make that next scene. And even if you don't use the Marvel method and you have like a writer and and an artist and they're working together, you're still getting that influence. So... And that being said, writers change all the time too. So, um, new directors, new cast, new artists, new writers. Yeah. It will change the way that the characters, you know, personality is even, and and that's okay. It, it's just the kind of thing that you got to know. This this is the most wonder for me. This is like the most wonderful movie experience that I could possibly ask for. But I also have to recognize that there's no way, there's no way that it can keep going. And so when it ends, I just hope it ends very well. 
And when they have to reboot, I hope that they start very well. You know, yeah. I, I just I know what's going to happen. Maybe it's not going to happen the next I know. ten years. We're all, we're, all, we're all getting nervous, and I'm I like that bonus scene in Captain Marvel. I was like sick to my stomach, nervous watching it because I'm like, oh, I don't know what any of this means. Like it's very clear cut on the screen, but oh my god, like I was yeah. just I was just in my like it was just all internal. Well, signs that it's not happening. There are a lot of signs that that's not happening. Uh, one is uh, Captain Marvel was just introduced. You got a brand new character oh, being introduced before the end of this saga. I, right, I know. And Spider so Man, Spider Man is right after Endgame, and, and that's Black clear. Panther's got a sequel, and all of those are slated to have the same actors and directors and and whatnot that they've had before. So, you know, that that's signs that it's not happening. Yep. But I just, for any fan out there that thinks that they can do this forever, don't kid yourself and don't be mad at them when they have to uh, reboot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because they will have to. Um, so one final story and then we're going to move on to the list um, so James Gunn has been officially rehired from by Disney to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yay, yay! <laughs> um, good job Disney now here's what I think is, this is the interesting part about this because James Gunn is still attached to Suicide Squad yep. too well he can be attached to as many other things as well he and this was the interesting part of the story so Warner Brothers, because they they didn't poach James Gunn, but they were like, well, if Disney doesn't want him, we'll take him. Mm-hmm. So they got James Gunn working on Suicide Squad 2, and then Disney gets over themselves, hires James Gunn back to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because these are competing companies, because, what, because of how what happened and the order of things that happened, direct statement from Warner Brothers, we have worked out the details and the contract with Disney. James Gunn will do Suicide Squad first, mm-hmm. then he will do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. So because he's already started Suicide Squad, doesn't have a choice. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. That's the right way to do it. It is the right way to do it, but I'm so happy James Gunn's back. I'm so happy James Gunn's doing both. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy we're getting both. So, awesome. Yeah, I just definitely. thought that was cool that Suicide Squad's coming first. The yeah. other thing about Suicide Squad is they're calling it an official reboot. Yeah. Margot Robbie is apparently still coming back to play Harley Quinn. Um, and Idris Elba is playing Deadshot, confirmed. Um, but we don't know any of the other characters. Now, when they say reboot, what I'm curious about is Margot Robbie is still playing Harley Quinn, but in the terms of continuity, there are many characters in the Suicide Squad that are not were not shown in the original movie. So if you say it's a reboot, but you're keeping a key character and then creating adding all these other characters... I'm still unsure what that means when they say reboot. Right. Well, how does the continuity work? That's they what also you're talking about. And they're not calling it Suicide Squad Two. It is being called the Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, they like so, that word. They like the. Yeah. It was going to be the Batman. We don't know if that's going to happen. Well, that's or when they it's officially happen. said that's not the title, but they're not telling us what the title. But is. that was going to be the title for a while. They like to say what What is this? It's It's the Superman movie. Well, let's call it the Superman. It's the Batman. Movie. <laughs> let's call it the Batman. Let's call yeah. it the Suicide Squad. Uh, I think this is a good thing. I think that it gives them opportunities. They're saying it now that it's a reboot. They're managing expectations. They can let it be a continuity, but if they call it a reboot now and it's and it is a continuity, but they're calling it a reboot now, they're, they've made your expectations to the point where they can recast. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing. But the second biggest thing in my mind is they can reset up some of their physical... Um, special effects and and like i think that killer croc could be a lot better looking at least i think that you know they they could choose some 
I think the, the characters that they had were, were great. I think the actors that portrayed the characters did a great job. And the directors did a good job. I wasn't a huge fan of the makeup. And I wasn't a very huge fan that's of interesting the because special. That's interesting that you say that it because it won an Oscar for I makeup. Know, <laughs> and I do not get that. I do not get that. Um, um, and, and mostly because of Killer Croc. But I think Killer Croc is the biggest misstep, at least as far as makeup goes, of that movie. I think that he needed to be bigger. I think that he um, could have looked a lot better. I think they could have taken... Killer Croc definitely could have been better, but um, for the most part, I liked all the other ones. Oh, yeah. No, I liked the whole movie. I'm, I don't yeah. want people to think that. But I think that it's an opportunity for them to improve in a lot of spots if they say that this is a reboot, even if it's not a reboot. It's an opportunity for them to have managed their fans' expectations to the point where, oh, well, even if it's not a reboot, I'm still yeah. satisfied with where this is going. But, yeah, I'm so excited that James Gunn is working. I'm glad he's working on both of those films. He's super talented. Um, and he, he just does good things. I mean, both of the, of, the, of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies were awesome. I didn't like the second one as much. No. But, well, um, I, it was I still like great. It, as, it was like still it great. I just didn't like it as much as I liked the first. So, um, well, hey, that's it for news. Okay. Do you want to talk our list tonight? Yes. All right, now... For those of you who've been listening these past couple weeks with Peter out the door, normally the way I handle the list is I tell you the week before what we're doing, but with Peter not around, I've been kind of doing these seat at my pants, and we've been discussing this, um, how do I want to word it? Uh, less than 24 hours before the uh, podcast. Either less than 24 <laughs> hours before the podcast airs, or I go, hey, I'm not telling you guys because it's going to be a surprise because I have a guest coming, for example. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to start our list, so Ryan, roll the thing. Now for the top five. Okay. Are you ready to talk the list tonight? Yes. Okay. okay. So now, this was your idea. Yes, it was my so. idea. Okay. So I get to go? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so was, why don't you explain the list and then I'm going to ask some questions. Let's say, let's say it really wasn't my idea. So I actually was hanging out with Peter and we were talking about the show and I was telling him how you had invited me to come on because he was on paternity leave and... Um, uh, and I, I was still trying to come up with a list and uh, I didn't know what to do. So I asked him if he had any ideas and he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, I don't want to do something that you are planning on doing. He's like, I don't care what you do because, um, I could just go and do my own better version of that list and report back later. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> well, Peter said that when he gets back, he's planning on giving me a full rundown of all the lists he missed out on. Yes. Okay. So. Awesome. And that's basically what he said too. But he said, he said, you know, if you wanted to, you could do, like, your top five favorite swordsmen. And I was like, okay, but that's really generic. I don't know. Um, and I thought about it for a little while, and I couldn't think of anything better. And I even texted you to say, hey, do you got anything better than this? Because if you do, that's great. But if you don't, let's just do this. And so I wasn't really that thrilled about this this list. We, spoilers, we actually did go with top five yeah, swordsmen. Yeah, so it's, so it's fictional swordsmen, to be yes, clear. Yes, fictional swordsmen, uh, but but we didn't restrict it to video games. We didn't restrict it to movies. We didn't restrict it to TV all shows. All across the board. Or, or whatever. It's just across the board, uh, top five swordsmen. Uh, most of mine, all of mine are from the screen one way or another. Um, and as I'm doing this list, I have a, a couple of epiphanies. One, this is a way harder list than I thought it was going to be. It is very generic, but it's too generic. There's my, my short list is 18 characters long, and I had a really tough time whittling down to my top five. 
And then also, I was inspired by this list, and maybe you my guys... Short, my short list is... 20, char- 20 characters 20 characters long. long. Uh, yeah, so long. I, I think that's a long short list. Um, but my other inspiration from this list is you can have... This could be a type of list that you and Peter could revisit later. Or if I ever get come back on the show, maybe I'll want to revisit this type of list. And what I mean by that is this is top five swordsmen. The next time we could do top five gunslingers right. or top five hand-to-hand combat well, so characters. I plan on at some point, not that we want to redo lists yet, but I do plan on revisiting some of these lists. Well, like I don't want to redo this list at all, but you can take the idea of say, okay, this is just swordsmen, but there are people who shoot and there are people who punch and kick and do things other than that. Right. Um, and, and those lists intrigue me too because I almost want to do a top five gunslingers and a top five hand-to-hand uh, combat characters as well. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get there. But um, <laughs> we, uh, so yeah, fictional swordsman. Um, I don't, yeah, no, I thought I had a question for you, but I don't. So never mind. Um, Before we go on with the list, oh, maybe I'll, I'll save. I have a comment for okay. the for the end of the podcast as well about another list that could potentially be. How about this? Up. Let's talk about that off the air. I want to talk about it on the air. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I told somebody I would talk about it on the air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, that's So fine. should I talk about that now then? No, we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's no guarantee that we're going to do that list. Right. Anyway, true. Sorry. All right. There's so, no guarantee of anything. Let's talk. You, before we started recording, you had asked me about the short list. Mm-hmm. Now, every time I make a list, when I sit down and I do my top five for the week, mm-hmm. I always like make a short list of all the stuff that would probably that P- potentially be on that, your top that make five. the category of potential top five, mm-hmm. and then I have to narrow that down to five mm-hmm. with a potential of two honorable mentions. And the honorable mentions are really just look, I really wanted to put these on, but they don't make the cut. But I want to talk about them real mm-hmm. briefly, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a real brief thing. Sometimes we've gone overboard on the honorable mention, but it's supposed to be a real yeah. brief. I like this thing. So, um, with that said, um, I've never re- revealed what is on my short list. I've right. always said, oh, hey, that made my short list, but I've never revealed it. Right. And I um, asked you if I could reveal my short list, and that's because I had such a hard time whittling down now, to five plus two on right. Now, what I'm curious, <laughs> now what I'm curious about is, would you like for, just for the sake of our listeners' audience, and, I, and I'm totally down with this, if we... Just rattle off our short lists real quickly. We're not going to talk about them. It's just this is what made my short list. Now I'm going to give you my top five. This will be a one-time thing that we'll actually like do this real quick. Okay, okay. Rattle off only your short list, yes. not not your honorable yes. mentions or your top yeah, five. Yeah, so what you're going to hear is you're going to hear me rattle off the... We're not going to spend time talking about them. No. We're just going to rattle off names. Yeah, rattle off names. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So these are the remaining characters that made my shortlist but did not make my cut for my top five. Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Electra from Marvel Comics. You don't, have to, say, you don't have to say where. You could just scroll through. Jinx from G.I. Joe. Miho from Sin City. Psylocke from X-Men. Blade. I don't think I need to say where from. Uhtred Ragnason, who's from that show that I like called uh, Last Kingdom. Katsumoto from Last Samurai. Kirito Kirigaya from Sword Art Online, King Leonidas from 300, Zoro, and Maximus from Gladiator. All right. That's the remainder of my short list. Okay. My short list was 
I'm not going to say where. I'm just going to say names. Okay. Okay. Because my short list was a lot longer. I'll be this. with you. <laughs> uh, Mad Mardigan, Cloud, the Black Knight from Monty Python. Uh, Good one. <laughs> Dar- D'Artagnan, He-Man, Jamie Lannister, Bronn from Game of Thrones, I- Inigo Montoya, Wesley, the Man of Black. Porthos, Aramis, and Athos, Robin Hood, Sephiroth, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn, Maximus Aurelius, uh, Zorro, Beatrix Kiddo, Kirito, Asuna, and the Nameless Roman Roman from uh, Ujimbo. Okay. So I could have put a bunch of Jedi on my list, but I, I whittled it down. And the ones that you'll hear are on my top five and right. or honorable. So <laughs> this is a short list. This is how I just And we did it. match on some things. We did match on some things. So I just... That's... You know, and I and like there were names that you didn't mention. I'm like, really? He didn't mention some of those well, things. Well, I got like, my top five still to go. So, um, <laughs> all right. How about this? Uh, I have two honorable mentions. Two honorable mentions. We'll be you quick. have two as well. I do. Let's let's be fairly quick about them. Okay, I'll, I'll do my first honorable mention. Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Um, Ahsoka Tano is didn't definitely did not start out as my favorite character from Clone Wars, but She's my ended, favorite character from Clone Wars <laughs> ended by the time we got to the end of the season. She is my favorite character from the Clone Clone Wars. It was like instantaneous with me. Not instantaneous for me because I was not uh, overwhelmed with joy by the movie, and because of the movie, it took me a while to warm up to watch the show. And even watching the show, it took me a long time to get over her the way that she had nicknames for everybody, like R2E and stuff like that. Yeah. But by the time we get to the end of the season, I love this character so much. Uh, and she's also a badass, you know? And she she's an excellent yeah. swordsman, you know? And, and could contend with her master, who's arguably one of the best or the best swordsman, uh, which is Anakin. So, yeah. So Katana. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so mine is the Nameless Ronin. From Yujimbo. Uh, Akira Kurosawa's Yujimbo. Old school Japanese. Yeah. So there's, awesome. not, there's not much to say about it. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Um, the next honorable mention is Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool. Um, <laughs> I had a really tough time not fitting him into my top five, but I really could not include him in my top five because of the other characters that are on there. I had these five core characters, and I was like, these are my top five. And I want to talk about everybody else, including Deadpool. Um, but, you know, Deadpool, he can cut bullets in half. He's not the first character to be able to do that. Um, but he's, I think, the first character who's ever done it on a, on the big screen. I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know about that. That I can recall. Um. <laughs> um, but he's awesome, and I think everybody knows why he's awesome, so we don't have to talk about him forever. Yeah. Um, my next honorable mention is the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He is not that greatest of a swordsman, but the scene is phenomenal. So it's really funny. you mentioned your whole short list. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I mentioned my short list not including my top five. Oh, I mentioned the entire short list. Oh, okay. Because, somewhat, okay. because characters I said on that short list made the top five. And okay, so them. I only mentioned the characters when we did the that short didn't list make that it. didn't make it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I So that makes more sense to me now because I was like, that didn't make your top five? Okay. No, it, it <clears throat> made it. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, anyway, the Black Knight from Monty Python. It's only a excellent fle- pick. It's, it's I can't only a flesh wound. It. It's not. I can't know. believe I missed it. It's an excellent <laughs> pick. All right, and I'm I'm really curious if we're gonna actually match uh, match on any of these. I will be surprised if we don't. Although there's there's one in my head that I was like, oh, we're totally gonna match on this one, and then I was and then now I'm like completely confused if we're gonna match at all. So. <laughs> Um, by I'm the way, before, pretty we, sure before we get into the top five, before we, we get into should match on one, two, I think we're going to match on four out of five. Interesting. <laughs> well, how about this? 
before I move on to the actual five yep. picks, because yep. we're done with honorable mentions, there is a documentary. Do you have Amazon Prime? Mm-mm. No? How do you not have Amazon Prime? I can before? get it. It's fine. Okay. There's a documentary right now on Amazon Prime um, called uh, Reclaiming the Blade. Okay. Um, I want to say it's Jonathan Reese davies is the voice actor. Okay. Um, he played Sala in the Indiana Jones yep. films. He yep. narrates the documentary. Oh, nice. um, so he's got like a, he's got a really great voice. Yeah. But this is a documentary. It's about the history <clears throat> of the sword. And what and, and it covers like the history of the sword in terms of war and stuff. And then it moves into film. And they cover the Errol Flynn Robin Hood yeah, films. Nice. And then they eventually they get to like Star Wars and like what the lightsaber did to the popularity of the sword. And then they get into like Lord of the Rings and they like get into all this stuff. And then they move on from film to LARPing. Okay. <laughs> and, and fencing is a sport. Nice. All this stuff. And I'm going to tell you, I've never wanted... I, look, I've always been fascinated with swords. I always like swords better than like any other close combat weapon. But just I, I just think they're cool. But at the end of the day, like when I got done watching that documentary, I have never wanted to pick up a sword more and go like in the backyard and like... LARP, <laughs> LARP in the backyard. Right, exactly. Where did I see... They are doing um, lightsaber competitions uh, in France. It's a in it's France. Now, it's now right. considered an, an official sport in France. Or as Mark Hamill tweeted, it's called fencing. Yeah, um, <laughs> but with glowing swords, and they're using lightsabers and everything like yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta exactly. go. To, I gotta go to France now. Anyway, so reclaiming the blade. If you want to watch a really cool documentary on uh, Amazon Prime, and if you have Amazon Prime, it's free to watch. Okay. So, um, all right. So, what is your first pick on the top five? So the first match that we have today, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, is Leonardo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is not. Oh man. Okay. So why I thought this was going to be a match. Uh, Andy went as Leonardo for Halloween on multiple occasions. Uh, he had a pretty sweet costume I that Mom made. Uh, multiple occasions. I think I Even it. if he only did it once, in my memory, he did it many times. <laughs> I did Batman um, multiple times. <laughs> but uh, as I understood, it was your favorite um, of the Ninja Turtles as well. Uh, he was my favorite Ninja Turtle, and I have a feeling it was because he had swords. Yeah, I think uh, so, too. Because <laughs> otherwise, no. otherwise it would have been Raphael or Mikey, if you're into the comedy. We did not match. Um, my first, so, yeah, we didn't match on that. Okay, well, Leonardo's awesome, and he's an awesome swordsman. He's not just the only Ninja Turtle with swords. He's an amazing swordsman, and they always portray him as such in the comics and then the cartoons and in the movies. Yeah. So. Um, so my first pick is Bronn from Game of Thrones. Okay. Now I was thinking about, I was thinking about this list in terms of swordsmen, in terms of skill, in terms of like where they learned and trained. And um, we I, might I was, not match I was, anything. I was really like thinking. <laughs> because I'm thinking of this in terms of mostly nostalgia. Well, I was thinking totally on, like, because part of it was favorites, mm-hmm. but part of it was when I was making my short list. Part of his favorites, and then part of it was like, holy cow. This guy's amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah, there could be some cool fight scenes he was in, but at the same time, if you look at the history and backstories of the characters when they're being written, because when you think of like, okay, so let's just look at Game of Thrones, for example. When you think of Swordsman, a lot of times Jamie Lannister is the first one you think of because he's the Kingslayer. They talk about his skill with a sword. They talk about how, like, when he got his he hand... He doesn't ever lose. He, he never loses. When he gets his hand cut off, he has to learn how to fight with the other hand and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But who trains him to fight with his other hand... Bronn. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he's a sellsword. And he has... Bronn is probably, out of the entire show, the swordsman of the show. And he's the... Do uh, you think that the show know, does a good enough job displaying that? 
Um, they don't do enough with that. Yeah, I feel like they could do more. It, because yeah, they, I, I agree with they you. Definitely do, definitely when you. They definitely do, but when you really look at it, like, Jamie he is. And he probably, you know, if he was a lord, he would have all the accolades. Right, and, if you, and when the first time you meet Bronn is when he's helping Tyrion at the Moon Door in that trial, and he does the whole trial by combat, and you get to see, like, him as deadly as he is. And then as the show continues on, you get to see more how deadly Bronn is, but... He's There's that, so many good swordsmen in that show. Though. There is, but when I was thinking about it, I you was could like, do a top five swordsman from that from show. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> but when I was thinking about it, I was like, no, he's the swordsman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. he is the number one swordsman on the show, and he's such a minor part of the overall thing. Just give him his castle, and he'll be happy. He doesn't need that, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. So Bronn from Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, my and I bounce around my list because they are not in order, so I'm just... I put them in order of how I want to talk about them, but I did not put them in order of who I think is best. Oh, I do the same thing. These yeah. are not ranked. The only time we rank... I mean, if you've listened to the show, the only time we rank is if it's a year. As far as I could tell, you guys rank when you say you rank, and you don't rank <laughs> most of the rest of the time. Um, so the next one that I want to talk about is Wesley from Princess Bride. Oh, short and list. Didn't match it. So uh, on my short list... Originally, Inigo Montoya and Wesley were both on the list, but I tossed off Inigo Montoya because I was like, I only need one from this movie. And I almost picked Inigo Montoya to stay, but Wesley won that. Not that only sword that, fight. but when you, and when you he, put it all together, I really do think Wesley's the better swordsman. He, he, well, he won. He's the better swordsman. They, they were in a situation where the better swordsman was going to win, right. and that's what happened. And also, he's not left handed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. He's not left-handed. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you. It's on Netflix. Go and watch And this is it. not a slant against left-handed people. It was a quote from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shame on you. Pause this podcast. Go watch Princess Bride. Come back and resume yeah. the podcast. Wait, wait. Uh, watch it again. Then come back. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, Wesley. Um, I'm going to go with... Hmm. We didn't match on that? No, we did not match. That was one of my four that I thought we were gonna match on. Um man. Alright. I just this is the rest of mine are too good and I want to talk about all of them. So I'm gonna get this one out of the way and say Anakin Skywalker. Not on my list. Okay. This is one where I dug into and I was realizing like because when I first created the list, there were zero Star Wars people on the list. Oh no. When I started the list, the first name that went down was someone from Star Wars. Oh, no. The very first name that went down when I started my list was not Star Wars at all. Okay. Um, but the the thing about Star Wars was I was like, there's too many good moments. And I really started, and this is where I started digging into character backstory, character training, things where they where they learned the skill from and all that stuff. I started really weighing that in my head. And I realized that if there's one person who's probably the best of the swordsmen, and I started thinking about, I was like, well, it can't be Luke. I started thinking about where people learned their training from, and I'm like, it can't be Luke, it can't be this guy, it can't be this, that kind of thing, and it brought me back to, every time I kept coming back to Anakin, because not only was he trained through the Jedi Order, but then you have the, the lightsaber battle at the end of Revenge of the Sith is ungodly insane, and then he becomes Darth Vader, and then Darth, when you see that scene in Rogue One, when Darth Vader on the ship and Rogue One, and you're just like, there's just the skill. It's the skill alone. Uh, Dooku's played by Christopher Lee, right? Yeah. And, Who, and who's an actual swordsman. Who's a real swordsman. And and yeah. if he was a character, I mean, I could just put Christopher Lee down on the list, and he might have made the list. Uh, but yeah, he um, 
he had a lot of influence in the way the sword fighting went for both uh, Attack of the Clones and for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. At least the scenes that he was involved in. And he influenced the way his lightsaber looked and everything. Like, he said, no, I'm not going to have a, a straight hand. I'm going to have a crooked hilt. I need to have a, uh, a, hilt. a, a straight curved hand. hilt. And, yeah. hilt. And, and he he knew what he was doing, but that guy's a badass, and Anakin beat him. Right. So. Right. No, it's just when I thought about it, I was like, no, he is the swordsman. He is the one swordsman. And you, you could... There's people out there probably going, why didn't you pick Darth Maul? Look... If Anakin and Darth Maul went Obi Wan beat well, if if <laughs> Anakin and Darth Maul went up toe to toe together, it, it'd be kind of interesting to see how it goes. But it happens in a Lego movie. There was, <laughs> there was a level, <laughs> there was a level of uh, arrogance with that character. Where I don't know if Anakin would have the same arrogance going into that fight the way Darth Maul would, because Darth Maul was very like, nope, I'm better than you, and I'm gonna kick your ass. And then Anakin is very. Um, yeah, I'm better than you because I know I'm better than you. Yeah, and but and I this would is say not that, it wasn't arrogance as much as it was confidence. Yeah, and I would say know? that both of those characters have a similarity though at a certain point in their time in Anakin's life, and I think more so in Attack of the Clones, you see this is that he approaches fighting the same way that Darth Maul was with the same type of attitude. I'm here because I want to fight and I'm excited right. to fight. And I think by the time you get to... Well, I don't know if he really ever gets out of that, though. That's one of his faults, probably. Sure. Is that he he moves to violence as his answer for things. Um, so that's something that him and Maul have in common. But I didn't put Maul on my list either. And I didn't put him on my list, not because he's not awesome, but because I have a lot of swordsmen. And he yes, he's amazing, but he's a little bit flashy. And I don't, I don't think he's better than the people that... I don't think he's better than Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I don't think he's better than Anakin. Like he's on Anakin's on your list, and I don't think he's better than the other Jedi that I haven't said right. who's still on my list to come. Oh, so. interesting. Um, so yeah, Anakin is mine. So what's your? We're down to your number three, I guess. My number three is D'Artagnan from Three Musketeers. And bizarrely, we matched, but this is not the one I thought we were going to match. Okay. So. I, this was one of the four I thought we were going to match on. Uh, D'Artagnan, uh, for Three Musketeers, makes my list because he is steeped in nostalgia for me and possibly the same for you. Um, I think, Which, I think fuck, by, Princess, the way, by the way, uh, when I was flipping channels and I was going to bed last night, Three Musketeers was on. Yeah. And well, I fell asleep watching. Three Musketeers came out uh, at the perfect time for our childhood, and we... we uh, played Three Musketeers so much as kids. Not just in the backyard, but the movie. Like, we kept watching it. At, well, at we would do it at, on playgrounds. We would do it in the backyard. Yeah, we would just I know. continue and to watch that movie over and over again. And the again. movie's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it well, holds up. So. Well, there's a theme to our childhood. There's always swords. I mean, we <laughs> would watch... swords. We would watch Princess Bride until we ruined the tape. We would watch Three Musketeers until we ruined the tape. We would watch Treasure Island until we ruined the tape. There's swords in all these movies. We just loved sword fighting. But D'Artagnan, he is the wannabe musketeer. He's a wannabe because he doesn't really understand what it is to be a musketeer, but not because of his skill. He starts out at the beginning of the movie, an excellent sword fighter. Yeah. You know, he's right. winning duels. He has to run because he's outnumbered, but he's winning duels. He's he's already an excellent fighter. He's the one who kills Rochefort, at least in that version of the story, yeah. and um, is in an awesome way. I mean, I, I don't know. I love that. I love did that you movie. Did you ever see The Musketeer? With um, uh, Legolas? No. Um, I'd have to... Legolas. Um. <laughs> 
Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. No, it wasn't that. Let me entertain the people real quick while I look this up. No, the Musketeer was uh, Tim Roth was in it. He played Rochefort. Um, the Musketeer. Is that the one where they like jump from ladder to ladder? Justin, sword Justin Chambers. That's, that's where it was like they mixed in the Tower of a. They it's this one right here. I'm showing yes, you. Yes, I have seen that film. one. That's yes. where they mixed a lot of martial arts with the standard. Well, they did a lot of stunts. They did a fencing. lot of stunts. Yeah, but um, aerial stunts with fencing. Yeah, the 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 fencing on that one. I just I liked the sword play in that movie. Mm-hmm. It was really good. But when you think, because I was thinking to myself, it was funny because I made the list and then I turn it on TV and Three Musketeers is on and I'm watching it and I'm like. And I'm watching the four of them, and I'm like, man, maybe Athos is the better swordsman. And then it, I just kept coming back, like, no, it's D'Artagnan. It, That's what I did with my list just now, actually. Earlier today, I was like, okay, I'm going to have one of the three musketeers or D'Artagnan on this list. Who is it? And I did a little bit of soul searching, and I was like, no, it, I kept I think, coming back to it. I think my it's problem D'Artagnan. with D'Artagnan was there was a cockiness to him. Well, like he's a, young. Like an arrogance. You know, he's to arrogant, him. Like that and that's his flaw. To him. And that that is, and I think that's where I like veered away from him mentally for the briefest moment. I'm like, no, he still is the best. But every so. single one of those musketeers has their own flaw as well. You right. Know? And if you go look through each one of those characters, they all have flaws. And, and for those flaws... Maybe they don't make the list, or maybe it's they don't make the list because they're not the nostalgic factor of the story. Sure. You know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, we matched on that one for sure. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens with the next So does two. that make so it my this turn again? comes back to you, yes. Okay. Uh, my second to last, because I think that's what we got left, right? Uh, Did yeah. I count right this time? Yep. Mad Did Mar- I count right? Mad Mardigan from Willow. Hey, we matched on this one. And I was actually saving this one for the end. Oh, but. okay. Well, Mad Mardigan makes the list because... He is the greatest swordsman that's ever lived. It, and end of quote. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's why I was saving him for the end because of that quote. I'm the greatest swordsman that ever lived, and he proves it. Yeah, and this is another <laughs> movie that we we ruined the tape on uh, as as kids. That oh, it's so good. It's it, uh, it also holds up. I don't know if you've watched it recently, but it's it's still fantastic and holds up. I have tried to get over myself. When I hear somebody say, oh, I've never seen that movie, I've tried my hardest not to be the guy that says, stop what you're doing and go watch it. Or you haven't seen that? Ridiculous. You have to see it. Stop everything. Go gotta, watch it. But this is one of those movies that I I can't contain that. Like, oh. if you haven't seen Willow, go see Willow. <laughs> yeah, no, this movie's... I, I really like this If you movie. like Star Wars, you should know that Willow was directed it, by George Lucas. No, it was directed by Ron Howard. Oh, but George Which Lucas isn't produced? That, George Lucas wrote and produced, executive produced. Yeah. But what isn't this interesting? He writes and produces Oh, Willow. it's the same way he does it Wait, with the Star Wars. But he movie. writes and produces Willow, Ron Howard directing, and then they come and do Solo, a Star Wars story directed by Ron Howard. Yes. But oh. not but not executively produced by George Lucas. Either way, I just, I just thought that was interesting. Like we got Ron Howard back. You know what yep. I mean? But no, this this was um I I love this movie and it, Mad Mardigan, I'm sorry, he's to me he's the best character in the movie. Mm-hmm. And no, he you is. know, he is the greatest swordsman that ever lived. It's, and you're just like you just want more of him. The weird the one weird thing in the movie is is a shot at the end of the film. It's like the I guess you could say the celebration scene, like, yeah, we did it, we defeated the bad guys that moment. Um Mad Mardigan looks like he's wearing a t-shirt of the film. Oh, I need to go back and watch this. It drives me... Every time I've seen... And I noticed it a long, long time ago when we were kids, and I never said anything, but I'm always like, is he wearing a t-shirt of the movie in this scene? (laughs) 
don't be that guy. It just it looks weird, and it's like it's almost like someone's like, "Hey, Val Kilmer, we have one more shot." To him. He's like, "Oops, my bad," and runs back. Right, right. It we'll looks fix it in post. But it looks like you can see the graphic on his T-shirt for Willow the movie, and it just blows my mind every time. Another great thing about I've that. never gone and looked up to find out if it really is. I just it's just always bothered me. Another great thing about that character is he is. He's the badass, but he's also the comic relief. You know, so much goofy bad stuff happens to him, but he's like this warrior, but he has to deal with the same goofy bad shit that happens to normal people. Yeah. You know, it's really fun. Yeah, um, no, he's it's it's great. And then I'll tell you this, and I'm about to I'm currently I'm almost to the end of the book I'm reading. The next book in the stack of stuff like back in the day when I worked at a bookstore, I would have stacks of stuff that I need to read. And now that I don't work at a bookstore anymore, I got through those stacks, and now I'm like, what do I read next? And now I'm always like book to book to book, but I'm not going through a stack. I'm like, what do I want to read? And I just get the book and read it. So I'm like almost to the end of the book I'm reading, but I actually have a stack going now, which is great because I've been so busy with other like writing projects and stuff. But the next book I'm reading is a book called Shadow Moon, which is the first of a trilogy that takes place 13 years after the events of Willow. Oh, I probably need to borrow that from you. And there are, there's, it's a three-book cycle written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont, who, if you know from comic book fame, is one of the is the one who's most famous for making the X-Men what they are today. Awesome. Chris Claremont had the longest run on X-Men. He's the reason the 90s X-Men are because of Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. So this book series is written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. When you are done, I will borrow it. You should just if that's all right. You should just get Amazon Prime so you could watch Reclaiming the Blade, and the books are like five bucks a piece. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to read those because I'm I'm hoping D'Artagnan, not D'Artagnan, Mad Mardigan's a part of them. But um, I really yeah. think it would be cool to see his character again. But I do know this takes place 13 years after the events of the movie. Uh, Quick side note. And the reason I say 13 years after the events of the movie, because if you read the back, it says that Elora Dannon, the princess, yeah. is now a teenager, oh. and she was born in the film. See, now I want to see it even more. Right. You know, I want to read it even more. Um, okay, so, uh, quick side note on Mad Mardigan. He is um, acted, he's played by Val Kilmer. Yes. And so the interesting side note is, if I were ever to be involved in a top five favorite gunslingers... Um, you think he'd still make your list? Doc Holliday would make my list. Oh, Doc Holliday. <laughs> <laughs> also played by Val Kilmer. Right. And in the version of, of uh, well, in Tombstone, you know, in yeah. the, Wyatt, the good Wyatt Earp movie. The good Wyatt Earp movie, yes. Um, I do know someone who has not, who did not like Tombstone. Um, I, I don't know which I care which to know that person. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a way of stating it. No, sorry to whoever you are. <laughs> no, I just thought that was interesting when we had that conversation. Like, how do you not like that movie? And we had a really long conversation. We had a really long constructive conversation. About I can see if somebody saw... Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner first, and then they saw Tombstone, and they thought that that was too much of a similar thing, and maybe they were turned off by it. Um, and if they actually liked the Wyatt Earp movie over the Tombstone movie, or, or they liked that movie first, so they're going to like sure. it over the other one. I can see that. But otherwise, I don't think there's any valid reason to dislike right. Tombstone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're on to our final pick. We actually matched where I thought we weren't going to. Because when I wrote Mad Martin down, I'm like, that'll be the one we match. Everything else we're not going to. Yeah, That's I, what I thought. So. I don't think we'll match on the next one, uh, but we might. I don't think we'll match on it only because 
you have already said a Star Wars character, and my last oh, one is my last Star Wars one. Character. Then we Star definitely Wars did not match. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, my last uh, favorite swordsman is Yoda. Oh. I have not... You know Anakin bested Yoda as a swordsman in dialogue <clears throat> in episode two. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I know, I know no, he did. No, he didn't. No, he it didn't. was the other... Well, they never actually fought each other. They, they never, never fought each other. It was basically... They never the, sparred, you, but he was... You to stop thinking that you he, can best him. Right, right. And that was foreshadowing to Yoda and Dooku fighting. Yeah. And so this is why Yoda is my favorite swordsman. And and if I were to rank so him, I would put him Yoda at, at the Yoda-Dooku fight? The Yoda-Dooku fight, but... So we were there. I was there with you in theaters. I'm oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. The very first time yeah, mid- seeing Midnight this, showing for Attack of the Clones. Midnight showing for Attack of the Clones. First time any of us saw this. Uh, we were all amped because there were rumors that Yoda was going to fight in a, in a light with a lightsaber. We'd never seen it before. What's it going to look like? Uh, first of all, the scene does not... Um, it, it, I mean, it does not leave you unsatisfied. By the way... It doesn't disappoint. It does not disappoint. Prior to that movie coming out, Yoda's fighting style is exactly what I imagined it would be. Right. You're like... Exactly. You're like, what what is this going to look like? But it's going to be like jumping around craziness, or he's going to be using the force the entire time he's fighting. Um, And it was a mixture of both. Yes. (laughs) But the other thing, the other factor here is we were there at midnight showing. The theater was packed. We'd waited the whole movie... To see this scene that was rumored, and then he walks into you hadn't the seen room. him yet. You saw his shadow, and the theater went nuts. Ape shit. Yes, yes. The whole theater started screaming. Yeah, yeah. It, at that moment, you you heard the click of his cane. He walks. You might have hear heard his like he like <clears throat> like yeah, like clears his throat or something like that. Everybody's shit. on their feet screaming. And then we all calmed down enough to sit down and watch this fight, <laughs> and it did not disappoint. It, it was so good. It was fantastic. That moment is my favorite in-theater Star Wars memory. Oh, yeah. That my and that's, and that's, a fan, that's a fantastic memory because that moment was so cool. Mm-hmm. And the, you could feel the energy in the theater the whole film, mm-hmm. but... That the the energy at that moment, the way everyone in the room like lit up because mm-hmm. like we it was all, like you were at a sporting we, event. We all and knew what was gonna happen. It was like you were at a sporting event and your underdog team just won. You know, right? And and everybody was standing, cheering, clapping, screaming, going crazy. Couldn't believe what they were about to see. And then and you thank have to God very, they all calm down. You have to, to very watch quickly it. go. Everyone stop and yeah, watch yeah, what's yeah. about to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so um, amazing. And you know what's interesting is since that moment, I have not been to a theater where anything remotely like that's happened. Exactly. Me neither. Me neither. I thought it could happen uh, for Force Awakens, but oh, we were here. there was a very small amount of people in that theater because we went to see like we a went to seven forty a.m. show. No, it was like it was a nine thirty a.m. Okay, show. we were we there were, at seven forty. The plan, the plan, <laughs> the plan was to go to the theater in the morning and then go have lunch after the mm-hmm. movie. So you have to go that early. And but at the same time, it couldn't happen in that movie because none of the well, the moment could have happened. Had it not been in the uh, trailer, what I was expecting when, when Han Solo walks onto the Millennium Falcon, we could have had that well, moment. What I was expecting that to was happen in the with the Force Awakens is the standing ovation at the title, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But I was too like sucking back tears at that moment. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I was a. You want to see? You want to see a grown man cry? You should have gone to see Star Wars with me in 2015. Jesus. Yeah, but there's also no character in that film that had the anticipation factor. 
I know. Because we have seen Han Solo in action before. Granted, we're seeing him again for the first time, and it's going to be awesome. Right. But we had never seen Yoda in action. The biggest thing Yoda had ever done was raise the uh, X-Wing out of the swamp. Yeah, it was but like now he's gonna fight. It was like twenty five you know? years of not knowing what this character did, and then suddenly it happened, and you're just like, that, you know. And it was funny because I'm like, that's exactly what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It was so good, you know. And honestly, as bad as people people will trash talk some Star Wars movies, and I think Attack of the Clones probably takes the brunt of all of that. Not anymore. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, not anymore. That's true. Um, um, but, but at the time, it did. But at this, and 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 in the same uh, sentiment, though. That movie has my favorite Star Wars moment uh, memory. Yeah, so. that's awesome. All right, so who's yours? My final one. I like I said, I wanted to save Mad Marta to get to the end because he's the greatest swordsman that ever lived. But uh, the the other one on my list was Beatrix Kiddo. Oh, nice from okay. Kill Bill. So she's the one who I had the most time struggling with not putting her on my list. Right, I was well, like, I have to have these five on here. That I abs- <clears throat> I absolutely love Kill Bill. Um, and I and I am not one of those like and Kill Bill is a two part movie. There's Kill Bill one and Kill Bill two, but it's because he filmed one movie and it was too long. So instead of doing like a director's cut, he split it and made two movies. She like this goes back to her training. This goes back to where she learned. This goes back to what you see her do with a weapon when she take when she takes on the crazy eighty eights. When she, you know what I mean? Like and that the, movie, those two movies go through it all. You know, you get yes, to see her get yes. trained and you get to get that. That anticipation of, okay, she's getting trained on how to use this sword. And, and there's so much that they talk about about a sword and what a sword is right. and how to use a sword. And it's all anticipation to this insane sword fight with a hundred people. The crazy 88. Yeah, the 88, 88 different bad guys. And she just goes from one to the next, but it's not so fast that it you can't see no, what's it's, happening. It's, you can see yeah. the choreography and I mean, to actually do to act out that scene, Uma Thurman had to be in really good shape. Yeah, you know, because do they even cut? Is it all one? It's not all one shot. Okay. There's there's this really awesome. I talked about this a while ago, and it was really funny because our uh, my he, cousin Tarantino I talked about did this. some really cool stuff with cinematography in that film. Yeah, I know he I, did some long shots. There's a there's a long them. shot in the movie that I talked about on like a previous episode way back when we started the show, which our cousin Brian sent me a link of how they did it. I never looked, Brian, I know you're listening to this, um, but I never looked at that link because the mystery to me is too cool. Mm. There's a shot in the film, it's a two-minute shot. Two minutes in a movie is a very long time time. where the camera doesn't break. But if you pay attention to the movement of how the camera moves around the space that they're acting in, I cannot figure out how they did it. Because it wasn't just a guy holding the camera. It couldn't have been a guy holding the camera. It was too smooth. It was too smooth. It went up and it went through doorways, over walls. Like the way the camera moved, it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I, I watched that scene and I'm always excited because I'm like, how does this work? And when Brian sent me the thing to say, this is how they did it, I was like, as much as I'm into filmmaking and understanding how that stuff works, this is the one film mystery I want to remain a mystery. Mm-hmm. So I never clicked on the link. So scenes like that are really cool in the uh, Deadpool It wasn't show. the fight scene, though. It was a completely different sequence. But in Deadpool on Netflix, they've done this in all of the seasons. There's always been one scene in one of the shows that has been a long cut. Deadpool on Not Netflix? Not Deadpool, Daredevil. Daredevil. Sorry, yes, excuse the, me. Uh, Daredevil the hallway scene is the perfect example of this. The hallway fight in episode two. Well, in season three, there's one in the prison... But it's not in a hallway. It like covers the entire prison, and that's okay. that's my favorite of them. Uh, is the one in season three. But but 
when you're watching it, you know, because of how the camera moves, it's a guy holding the camera. He's doing a great job, but you know it's a guy holding a camera. There's a little bit of jiggle to it here and there, and then just the way that it moves, you know it, it's you yeah. know, like somebody's moving their feet or somebody's just turning it up, up and down, that kind of thing. But again, in that in those scenes in Kill Bill, I remember watching some of those scenes like, I don't I don't know how this works either. But I wasn't as much of a cinephile as you are or cinemaphile as you are. Right. Well, this to, is a lot of times I can a lot of times when I see a cool camera trick, I go, Oh, I know how they did that. But mm-hmm. this is one where like as much as I'm into like wanting to know it's like I, it's I, like I if want, you learn the magic trick, it's not a, it's not magic anymore. Right, and I want and this is the one that I want to remain a mystery. I, yeah. I love that movie so much. It's my it is it is my favorite Tarantino film as of right now because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out this summer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, who knows? But as of right now, Kill Bill is my favorite. Um, do you Tarantino do you film. consider it? Kiddo, do you consider it one film? Do you consider? I consider it, it one movie. Okay. You do not watch. Look, I had like the way they were released was they re- they were released three months apart. So you watched Kill Bill Volume One, and then three months later you went to the theater and you saw Kill Bill Volume Two. But you, they are not meant to be separated, right? So, right? Because I was going to ask you watch them as one film. If you want, if you considered them two different films, which one you liked better? If you consider them one film, you can't really say that. Um, and I don't know which one I if I were to consider them two, which one? I if I had better. to, if I had to look at them as a sep- as two separate movies. I probably would say that the first one is um, my favorite of the two, but that's only because the first one feels more like the adventure, mm-hmm. where they took all the action adventure stuff and put it in the first one, and all the drama. That's true. It was in the second half, and it's interesting in the choice of how he did it because everything is sequentially out of order. But you, when you watch it all, it makes sense as to why it's sequentially out of order. But when you get to the third film, the, the third film, the second film. And you're in the back half. You're almost to the end. And then you get the cool scene with her and Bill at the end. All the dialogue stuff that happens in that back half is so good and so important that it makes it, ma- it makes you go, yep, that's why we had to have all that action stuff in the front half. So it's almost like um, I don't want to compare this to Star Wars because I always have a way of bringing it back to Star Wars or Batman when I talk about anything. But it's almost like when you watch Star Wars A New Hope um, – and it's like all action, adventure, and you know, fight good guys fighting bad guys, whatever. And then you get to the Empire Strikes Back, and all the actions in the front half of the film, and then it goes heavy drama, dialogue, exposition stuff. And so you get to the end of the film where there's not as there's action, but there's not as much as there is in the front. Do you know what I mean? They put all the action at the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, that brings us to the end of the list. Yes. So next week, I'm not going to tell you what we're doing for a list yet because. On one scale, I don't know. On the other scale, I do know. But we have Comic-Con coming, or C2E2 is coming. So, so probably um, lots of news. There's going to be a lot of news. There's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to try and get some interviews in there. There might be some audio clips, stuff like that. So next week's going to be a little bit of a goofy episode. Um, I might actually do like a, like a filler episode. It might be a bonus thing just so we can edit together the Comic-Con footage and audio stuff and figure out how we're putting all that together. But... When Peter does come back, we will do the best of 2018. I only repeat that over and over again so you guys know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, because Do we have time for me to lay down a comment? You can lay down a comment. Okay, so I was at work, and I've told a couple of my coworkers that uh, you guys have this show. Nobody listens yet, I don't think. Maybe they do. Um, but uh, one of them thought it was really cool. I told them about it today, and the other one I had told about it before. So just randomly in the back office, one of these employees says to another one, uh, hey, so um, 
What's what's your favorite example of a of a bad movie with an awesome soundtrack? And then the other coworker happened to be walking by that and he's like, Oh, is this another one of those lists for Scott's podcast? I'm like, damn it, it's not my podcast, it's my brother's podcast, but it is a cool idea for a list. <laughs> um, and so I had to clarify because originally they said uh, think of a movie that has a better soundtrack than it is a movie. And I'm like, well, I can think of a lot of movies that have a better soundtrack than it is a movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, no, Guardians of the Galaxy is an awesome movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's an even awesomer soundtrack. And then I was like, remember the Titans? And they're like, that's an awesome movie too. I'm like, yeah, but it's an even awesomer soundtrack. And they're like, okay, let's change this up. And then they said, <laughs> okay, it's a bad movie with an awesome soundtrack. <laughs> and so the funnest one to talk about today when we were having this conversation was Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. Which well, has an awesome uh, soundtrack. I don't... It um, has an awesome soundtrack. It does have an awesome soundtrack, and but to I don't say think that, it's a bad Batman movie... To say movie, that it's a bad movie is... I don't think it's a bad movie. Like I don't think it's a bad Batman movie. But the consensus in the room was that it was a bad movie. And I think that some of their uh, memory is getting tied up with um, Batman and Robin. Yeah. But the soundtrack in that movie is really awesome. You've got, yeah. you've got Seal. You've got U2. You've got you That's, got some That really is great... the one U2 song that I like, by the way. You don't, um, you don't like any I'm of the I'm not a big fan of U2, but that is the one song I like from U2. And it's only because of the Batman connotation. Gotcha. Um, no, I, to be honest, and we haven't talked soundtracks, uh, Peter and I have discussed some lists to see, like, if we could do this. So, for example, like, um, I don't know if Peter watches a lot of foreign language films. I think it'd be cool to do a foreign language film list. But if he doesn't watch a lot of foreign language films, then it's just me talking, you know, it's just like, I don't want to do a list that he can't do. Yeah. So, at some point, I do want to do soundtracks. I'm going to do top five soundtracks. And I do want to do a composer list, but I don't know if Peter can do composers, because I really like instrumental, like live orchestra stuff and I listen to a lot of film scores in mm -hmm. general like I love like John Williams as a composer so I'll sit in the car and listen to Star Wars or Indiana Jones or whatever and it's just instrumentals and I, I would Guardians think everybody, of, everybody you brought up Guardians can. of the Galaxy has an awesome soundtrack have you ever listened to the score for Guardians of the Galaxy by Tyler Bates only while watching the movie <laughs> Is isolated from the movie no it's amazing yeah it's really cool so like my point is at some point I'd love to do like a composer list um, you know, like Danny Elfman or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. So, you know, there, we've talked about that, but a bad movie with a, uh, but the bad movie, good soundtrack, good soundtrack. That's, that's an interesting, it's uh, an interesting list. And that's, that was the whole conversation was this would be an interesting list for that podcast that Scott is going to be on. Right. So I was laughing about that. But um, but, but that's yeah, interesting. I might I might keep that in the back burner, and mm -hmm. like maybe next time I have you on. If we'll you have me, if you don't do it with Peter, uh, which you can absolutely do with Peter, don't save it for me if you guys want to do it. But uh, if we can't come up with an idea other than top five so, uh, gunslingers, um, <laughs> we can do top five bad movies with good soundtracks or good scores or good music. Yeah, like that. right on. All right. Well, for starters, and I have a feeling if we did uh, top five uh, gunslingers, you and I would match on almost all of them. Um, I think it'd be I think it'd be bizarre if we didn't. Um, with that said, uh, I think we're done for the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to the end of the show. We have another episode in the can. 
Um, if you guys go to and visit us at top5report.com, you will find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You will find our email, top5report at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, send us one there. You will also find links to iTunes where you can subscribe to us. And if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode. And you can also, while you're there, leave us a five-star review. We like five stars, but we understand criticism. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's all constructive anyway because it helps us get better. But leaving us a review will make us feel like the words we say are important. Uh, so with that being said, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am Drew at I'm sorry, on Twitter at Drew3927. Scott, do you want them to follow you anywhere or do you want them to leave you alone on social media? <laughs> um, don't bother trying to find me on Twitter. I'm never on that app anyways. Uh, I do comment on the Facebook page a bunch, um, but me and pretty much one other guy comment on the Facebook page a bunch. Um, there's some fun conversations that go on there, like the um, top five report drinking game is a really really fun conversation yeah. that we had. Um, and uh, but uh, but not not enough people comment on it. So if you're really interested in, in it's all good. To, We're still a young growing podcast, but so that's where um, I that's where I do all my socializing, at yeah. least related to this uh, podcast. Right. Is on well, Facebook. at any rate. Um, that brings us to the end. So uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Scott. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.